0: Welcome to the NR Experience.
1: A podcast wherein we talk about anything
0: and everything in our experience. experience. My name is Nathania. And I'm Regis. In this episode, we go around the world talking about moving out of Manila, living together in Barcelona, and now ending up in Vienna and Budapest. Okay, so for today, our topic is going to be basically our international experience. So how we've lived abroad, moved around, our experience as roomies. I think there's a lot to talk about with just how much we've opened up our world and our horizons the past few years.
1: Yes, uh, just like the Daft Punk song, which is a personal favorite of mine, (laughs) around the world. Um, So, I think to start with, um, why did we move? Why why did you move? Why did you decide to take... I don't want to say greener pasture because why why did you just decide to move? What made you decide... uh, to leave your life behind in Manila?
0: I mean, for me, it was 20s. I decided around 2016. So that was the time when, um, back in Ateneo, I was teaching as faculty, and the, the only sense that it made for my career was to get my Master's and PhD. And I just remember thinking, no way am I going to do it in Manila. I'd just rather go to a business school abroad. You know, I think I had a bit of the frustrated I never went on JTA, junior term abroad. And therefore, I was like, I want that experience, that, that, you know, exchange student vibe. I see
1: you. I hear you. Because the same exact thing happened to me. And I, I also had that frustrated. I wanted to go to JTA. So many people did, and I didn't.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I think it was that itch. Yeah, I mean, but... for me,
0: how I chose Spain. So, I think the I was looking around the world, and I felt like Europe made sense for me. And internationally, I felt like um, Spain just felt culturally closer. Yeah. Like, I feel like if I was going to adjust culturally to some place, Spain makes sense. And everyone was telling me, you love the food, you love the vibe there, especially Barcelona. And, um... You know it's it's I've never even been to Europe before moving and I was just like okay I'll do it so That's that's cool. That that's... was a that was a, I think because it was so blank territory yeah exactly so that's why I was like okay let's do Spain Got in 2017 and then just have, have been here for the last six years and just I think it's so different because there's the whole before and after pandemic as well of how my life here yeah. has been and for you what year was that 20?
1: Um, well, I I moved late 2021. It was mm-hmm. December 20. Uh, not yeah, December po- 2020. Not, December 2020. Yeah, not 2021. Um, and the reason why I ended up moving, particularly in Europe, was. Um, The first ever time I went to Europe was probably the summer of 2013. Um, I was on exchange uh, for something and I visited um, Austria, Czech Republic, and Germany. Um, And believe it or not, the very first city, the very first country I set foot into when I arrived in Europe, was Vienna, Austria.
0: Mm. So
1: uh, Welcome back. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, And and again, it's also funny because I told you, I never expected Vienna to be my most visited city in the whole world, but it has. And Mm -hmm. for reasons you probably already know because uh, Nathanias is is also here and Budapest is less than a three-hour train or bus ride away. But I saw Europe and I was so fascinated by it because it was so different from how Southeast Asia was. Mm. I love Southeast Asia, I love East Asia, I love our culture, but it was just so different in Europe. And I think that's a condition of every human being is that we tend to look for things that we don't have.
0: As far as possible to go out. Yes,
1: exactly. And um, why did I move? Well, um, not as a part of the story. So, it was COVID. Uh, it was COVID in the middle of the lockdown, summer uh, 2020 in the Philippines. And we had this conversation because I uh, was watching this, I think, Michelle Obama documentary or Barack Obama documentary. <laughs> and uh, I posted it <laughs> as a story and not replied to it, which eventually
0: ballooned into an argument. But I'll let Nat... Anyway, the point is, we got awkward. It was on... awkward. It like... was awkward, right? Like when we and are trying to... This you is know... interesting
1: because when Nat I think Nat and I have been good enough friends long enough for us to realize when we've hit each other's nerves. Yeah. She just decided to break the ice and say, Well, how's life?
0: Yeah, no, and the shift of the shifting of gears in the tone of that conversation was like, okay, never mind, let's drop that topic, but how's how's life under lockdown in Manila?
1: And, and without batting an eyelash. Shit. It's shit. Yeah. I fucking hate it here. I feel like I'm in jail, um, you know, nobody can go out, everybody's afraid to die, um, I, I don't want to be stuck in a house yeah. for as long as I can remember. And this was around May to June
0: of 2020. Because on my side of the world, things were starting to open up already. like there were see, the advancements, And I was the seeing vaccine. people
1: in Europe go out because it was fine. And we were wearing face shields back home. <laughs> so... Imagine that.
0: Yeah, no. We'd have our quarantine passes. And I told her, I want out. The easiest (laughs) answer to that for me was business school. Like, go to grad school. I mean, we always joke that grad school is a place for people who don't know what they want to do in life. I mean, that's true. true. It is true.
1: So basically, you told me to apply for business school and the good business schools. And I ended up getting into good business schools. Yeah. I completely recognize the amount of privilege necessary to be able to mount a move and study abroad, go to business school during the time of a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Like I'm completely aware of that, but I have not to thank for pushing me. Yeah. You know, you were able to kind of provide me with an alternative um,
0: in a space
1: where I don't know, I, I felt like I wasn't growing.
0: I mean, you know, just moving forward from that, like, I think it was such a level up for our friendship that to live together. So, there was a lot of... <laughs> ah, the story of how we ended up
1: deciding to move together. I think, for the both of us, it was a given.
0: Yeah, we of never course. talked about
1: it, yeah. but it was a given it that was, we were gonna move le- together. My last
0: lease was ending, and therefore, you were coming in and, and it just you made wanted to be sense. in the
1: city. Yeah,
0: it made perfect sense for us to live together. Um, and, and that's why I was obviously really excited about it, but also nervous because yeah. I know
1: you're a slob. So. <laughs> I'm a sloth. <laughs> I'm a sloth, really, though. Like, I, I, I am the most talkative sloth in the oh, world. Oh, God. No, but I, I am a sloth. I just knew... Not the stereotype or anything, but I, at the end of the day, I am still a male
0: in male I was male gonna body. say that. I was gonna say that. You're, you're still a guy. And yeah. I have lived with men before. And, you know, on the I very... Mean, you lived
1: with your brothers, too. Uh, yeah, you know?
0: it's just... I'm not the cleanest person, but I know... I, I can manage my shit. I can manage you. Wow, she's
1: saying I can't manage <laughs> I will show the videos.
0: <laughs> I am ready with the videos. Cut, so. shut up. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I, I was ready. And I think also recognizing I, that I had lived already by myself, well, with others for three years advanced and to you. So it gro- was going to be
1: new for you. And growing up with three brothers, I think, has prepared you also for this moment. Yeah. That was basically your entire life to live with guys.
0: Yeah, yeah. And again, it's I also knew not just you being a guy, but you living on your own for the first time. So I was like, oh no. In my mind, is he ready for chores? Is yeah. he going to pull his weight around the house with cleaning up? I mean, I knew I was gonna do the cooking yeah. anyway. That yeah. was already a yeah. given, and I was fine with that. But other things, right? Like how I mean, do we manage a household? I
1: I I am going to say that. The gender roles in that household were the heteronormative one, yeah. and I have to apologize. Yeah. So you did the cooking and the cleaning. I did the entertaining. <laughs> you you bought the groceries. Yeah. Um,
0: no, I was the household manager, and I mean, part of that is also, again, coming back to my control freak tendencies, me wanting to manage everything. Also because I felt like. Oh my God, if I have to teach you, it's gonna take more time. Yeah. So I'd rather be in control yeah, of everything. That's true. And for me, as long as you keep your space relatively clean or like, a, yeah. you know, there are shared spaces or manageable, then yeah. it would be okay.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's also a lot of, and this doesn't just go for two roommates living together, mm-hmm. you can be four or five people in a household. Mm-hmm. I think the way you talk about what will work mm-hmm. and what will not work, because yeah. Um, I don't think there's necessarily a percentage I mean ideally it would be egalitarian But for example The way I would showcase my care for the household Would be to make sure that there's always food Like Mm -hmm. whether for me or for you Even though I eat most of it There's Mm -hmm. always a snack There's Mm -hmm. always something That's how I think I was able to manage the household There was so much weed Mm -hmm. (laughs) There was so much weed There was weed for everyone (laughs) <laughs> there was weed for everyone. Um, so I, that's how I think I managed the, the household. But the more technical, you know, like, of course, keeping it tidy and clean, you wouldn't yeah. really have to prod me. Yeah. But, no,
0: I remember you learning how to clean the bathroom. And how many, like, it was such a novel experience. Because you're like, oh, you were having fun with it. Which is, I'm like, okay, fine. I'll let you do your thing.
1: But I would say, and this, uh, I, I'm talking to you many people listening and watching to this and as well as like you and I both. It's quite shocking that we would export people who barely know how to do these things. Who are barely domesticated. I mean, and of course, again, this comes from a place of privilege.
0: Everyone relied on Yaya and Driver in Manila. And therefore, I I feel like that's what I'm so appreciative now is that I feel like I'm not... I I feel like...
1: You're no longer reliant.
0: Yeah, and also that I'm not above these chores. Like, this is my household. This is my living space. Why am I not handling these things? Yeah. Who who are you to be so above these menial tasks or whatever? But that's daily life. Yes,
1: that is daily life. Although, I would say, of course, back home, there is this... It's essentially the precondition of capitalism. You know, needing to work for your family which entails both partners to do the heavy lifting. Um, of course, on top of uh, the job, women have childcare. And mm-hmm. it's still quite a matriarchal yeah. uh, aspect in that regard when it comes to childcare in, um, in the Philippines.
0: Yeah, no, there's the whole idea of, because you're so... Inconvenience by traffic, by how life in Manila is set up, that you would have Th- that to it rely. Requires. It requires. yeah. So in a way, it, you understand why the system is that. And I feel like that's very much looking back now at why I moved out of Manila is like you're inching towards your death and not even realizing it because you're so stuck in the everyday. Like yeah. you're thinking about traffic, you're thinking yeah. about how to make it home. Yeah. Oh, the LRT MRT broke down again today. Oh, um, I can't. I can't book a grab. It's
1: coding.
0: Yeah, you're stuck. You're stuck in that system.
1: But and if you want to ride a bike, it's dangerous. Yeah, we really do hope for, uh, you know, safe, accessible roads for Better everybody. Better transportation. Better transportation. Getting moving people
0: and not cars. Better
1: mobility, exactly for people, not for cars. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. Like I would say, this is like the. Intangible that I'm so grateful for, mm-hmm. or rather, tangible that I'm grateful for is you know, mm-hmm. um, living here in Europe has taught me that there are many modes of transportation. Yeah. I can walk, um, and this isn't to this the safety bit, but you know, just about it being a leisurely walk. Yeah, just the fact that my sidewalk actually allows more than a hundred people to be on the sidewalk and everyone has ample space. Um, Tomas but, could never. Yeah, no, uh, well, so re- regarding um, that note, how was Barcelona as a city for you? Like, what what was your impression, Ooh. first and last impression of Barcelona?
0: I mean, I, would
1: you recommend to live? Would you recommend yeah, to visit?
0: for me, I, I have such a soft spot in my heart for Barcelona. Even if it's people always say it's a party city, it's touristy. a trans, uh,
1: What I've learned is, is it's a transient city. People aren't there. They're not there for a long time. They're there for a good time.
0: Yeah. I, I, people have pointed that out. And again, I guess the Mediterranean nature of it being... Oh, they're so chill to the, to and the so
1: bohemian. At least Barcelona.
0: Yeah. I, I think compared to other parts of Spain, you would really do feel the laid-backness, I guess. And for me, um, I think I, it was what I needed at the time. Like That was something I had to learn... In, in that kind of city as my first experience of living on my own and living abroad. Yeah. That was, I think, important for me to pick up that carefree yeah. feeling. So that, it was good for me. Um, but at the same time, could I see myself forever? If it, if, only if with the right job. But other than that, it's not like, you know, oh, Barcelona is my dream living city. Like, I love yeah. it, but it has its downsides as well um, with, you know, so some of the inefficiency still of spanish bureaucracy of how things operate because obviously we got that from them so there's that closeness that you understand but at the same time why is it not working yeah. today like why is it random at times that the rules are how they're applied so
1: what what's interesting though is i've come to realize that europe while europe is not monolithic but in terms of bureaucracy every country has their own stuff to deal with as well mm-hmm. um navigating expat life in Hungary is tough if you don't know Hungarian. And 99% don't because it's one of the most difficult languages in the world to learn. Um, In the same vein that, you know, Spain, with their bureaucracy as well, and sometimes things don't work the way they do. Mm -hmm. Um, I really enjoyed Barcelona because I think I wouldn't have finished business school if I studied in Madrid. Okay, Okay. (laughs) Barcelona was laid back. And that's what I enjoyed. Um, People were relaxed that I had time for everything. Mm -hmm. I had time for my friends. I had time for school. Mm -hmm. I had time for leisurely activities alone. Mm -hmm. Um, And everybody was just very forgiving when it came to timing and time in Barcelona and in Spain. Yeah. Um, So with that, I think I just... Maybe other people would like to know then what how different your experience was with vienna and mine with budapest after coming from a place like barcelona yeah
0: i mean mentioning bureaucracy my experience here in vienna has been so easy to transfer to like i I always say my i mean i'm not complaining about my commute in barcelona but here it's so efficient the connections are amazing um even getting my initial paperwork as a resident here was so much easier. And it's so funny because people here complain more when it's working better. Like, that's my experience. Like, people here have this, they call it the Wiener Grant. I think it's the grumpiness of Vienna. And I'm like, why would you be grumpy? It works great. And and people get disarmed by my cheerfulness because I'm always smiling. Um, and... It has worked to my advantage because I don't speak German, but if I approach people with a smile, they're like, okay, why is she smiling? Um, Okay, let's be nice to her, I guess. And I've gotten away with a lot. And also, people here speak pretty good Good English. English, That's why it's been very easy for me to manage.
1: Um, Well, aside from that, I I also think, you know, in terms of culture, yeah, it was probably uh, an adjustment. Because back home, we're used to everybody smiling, everybody greeting you with a happy face. And I think what was important, what's important to remember is you're in a different country. Mm -hmm. You have to understand custom and culture and their conventions and what is the norm and what isn't Mm -hmm. to fully understand who you're interacting with. Um, And I think that's been particularly helpful in a city like Budapest as well because they're not really well known to be the most cheerful people. That doesn't mean they're unfriendly. It's just that their default mode is um, stoic. And, you know, um, for them, sometimes you engaging in a conversation without having any formal relationship might translate into you're wasting my time.
0: Mm. But
1: for, let's say, Australians, you know, I I don't think Australians think they're wasting their time by talking to somebody else the way Filipinos would and the way Brazilians would. Uh, Another big adjustment definitely was moving to Budapest I was on my own. That was the first time I was on my own. There were no friends. There was no Filipino community. I just wanted to shout out to all our friends, um, all the Filipino Who friends we had. Who experience.
0: shaped our Barcelona experience? I think. Experience. I think it was so tied to that that we had a, a community, our little family um who we l- love and adore and we got to hang out the fact that they were our neighbors
1: let's begin with MDLR they were literally living in the same street as we did which was like a two to three minute walk away we we were two to three minutes away from each other yeah um and that was amazing because it was filipino community um and of course it wasn't it was helpful that we all came from similar social circles and you know while we went to different schools well some of us went to the same school, others didn't. But somewhere along the way, there were interactions and connections. Um, mm.
0: We all knew somewhat of each other in Manila because of how small it is. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when you're in a different country... I feel like you're o- more open to, oh, but the Filipino, I'll hang out with them. And yeah. I think what makes it even more special is they weren't just any Filipinos or any people in our same social circles, but true and genuine yeah. people we would hang yeah. out and truly adore.
1: And it was really great. And I think that was the shock moving to Budapest because suddenly there was no Filipino community. I was on my own and my only friends were work friends. And how did I cope with that? Um, I... Again, I'm extroverted, so I went to all the parties, I went to the raves, and I started meeting people along the way. But it's tough because, you know, um, I think what's also uh, necessary to understand and to think about when you're deciding to move and append your life and go to another country is all your interactions, your social interactions, your socializations, they all have to be intentional. Nobody is going to be your friend. You're going to have to put yourself out there. You're going to have to do a cooking class. You're going to have to go to a museum. You're going to have to meet someone at a coffee shop. You're going to find Facebook groups. You're going to go to Reddit. I used to be the type of person who was like, Ew, why am I going to go on Facebook to find a friend?
0: Yeah, random meetups. I I think there there are so many TikTok or Reels (laughs) Audio on this moving abroad and starting your life is so difficult. And it's so cheesy, but it's so true. Valid. That, um, starting a whole new life, uh, which I've now experienced twice from Barcelona and Vienna. Oh my God, just meeting new people and finding people you can call friends. N- never mind even the dating part. Like That's also another hassle, crazy yeah, thing. No. First, you need friends. Friends, exactly. And therefore, for me, I'm lucky enough to have known a few people in Barcelona, a few people in Vienna, but you have to be like, let's hang out, let's get to know each other. And I think it's easier to make one-on-one friendships than friend groups. Yes. I think that because it's so separate and that's why Barcelona, we were lucky that it was always a group.
1: And that it worked out. Mm -hmm. It all worked out in the end. Um, And it was really such a lovely time and I long for it, but, you know, I, I also think it's a part of growing up and I think we've, All transitioned into different life stages, and I think the coolest part is now we're all around the world. Yeah, you're in Vienna, I'm in Budapest, um, and it's pretty cool. Yeah,
0: Yeah. I I think it's having family around the world speaks to how the world has been globalized. That you can, oh, yeah, you can. But again, a place and I, then set your life there. Again,
1: speaking coming from privilege, like this all entails a certain amount of resource and capital.
0: Well, privilege and at the same time, opposite, like because you were so forced by your economic, like Oh yeah, yeah. that that problems. Those be a are the two ways, right? Yes, you look yes. at it in a more romantic sense, or you look at it and because there was no op- yeah. option. Like I, I mean, of course it is an option for me to be an academic in the Philippines, but just the amount of resources and just uh, it's it's just a different world. Yeah. It's a different playing field, and I guess I recognize you know the luck I've had and the scholarships that I've I've benefited from, um, all the support in many different ways. It's it's just really, I was able to I was able to believe that I could set a, a life on my own here on this side of the world.
1: Okay, so I have I think one last question which will be interesting and. Mm. Uh, the question is, what's a city that you want to live in? Hmm. To cap off this episode, is is there any dream yeah. city for you? Or you know, it doesn't have to be a city itself. It, yeah. What are it, some it, requirements? Yeah, now you that can we've provide. Yeah. yeah, conditions. I guess. Uh,
0: sun. So sun is now. I'm learning. I love you, Vienna, but I need some sun. It has been less so wind. depressing. The wind is fine, actually. Like because I'm indoors when it's happening. Um, it is tough going home and then like you know, the wind is blowing in your face, but the sun, the amount of sun, I don't mind the cold. But I realize how much I took for granted in Barcelona that we got winter sunshine. That was so great that you could sit on the beach in January, Feb, and feel the sun on your skin and hear you know the waves uh, crashing onto the beach. It's it was such a again a bohemian romantic feeling here in Vienna. I would go one two weeks without the sun, and yeah. I'd feel so depressed, and you know I would have to take supplements, just making sure to um, be careful with seasonal depression. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think for me, the next place, wherever I will end up in, hopefully it has sun. Um, I think Vienna's already pretty okay. Like I could forgive it for the lack of sun because I always think, oh, maybe I can just travel in the yeah. winter, right? Um, But yeah, I don't think I could live in a darker place because there are even more difficult places when it comes to the weather.
1: When it comes to sunlight and exposure to the sun. With me, I think it's quite a complicated question from my end because I've learned to... Well, first, I've learned that I could be the type of person who would be flicked off to another city and be fine with it. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I don't necessarily have any criteria but I'm more of the belief that wherever the road takes me, wherever life takes me. Yeah. Because had I said n- no to Budapest, I wouldn't have learned and grown as much as I have today. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think Budapest is an interesting city for me because it was formative it is formative to my adulthood this is the first time i can confidently say i'm an adult i'm in charge of everything mm-hmm. um and in terms of where else it will be uh truthfully a place with you know higher salary mm-hmm. so anywhere else in europe with a higher salary and a better quality of life yeah. would would be great, but yeah, no dreams as of now. I mean, maybe Amsterdam because Klaus says many good things about it, or the Nordics—Denmark, Sweden. Um, I love cold weather, and I'm fine with darkness.
0: Okay. So, yeah. for me, it's really where my career takes me. So, whatever um, university I'll end up in, I think that's the biggest determination. I'd like to say love, right? But where it will take me, but you know, I can't predict that. Yeah. But I'm just open to these different variables in my life shaping that decision-making process. It's like, okay, by next year, where am I going to be moving to? I have no idea, but I, I'd like to, I'd just like to keep that an open-ended question because if I, I feel like if I have preferences, then yeah. I get disappointed. Yeah. It's better to be more open-minded yeah. about it.
1: And I think it, you know, it adds a lot of color to it because it, it does feel like a what's next. Yeah, um, You know, the, the, nothing, I think, Having such a volatile isn't the world uh, isn't the word, but having such a f- flexible mindset does prevent us from disappointment and can even surprise us in the end mm-hmm. like how Budapest surprised me
0: yeah i I think when it comes to life abroad and traveling, we've just learned of, like how small we are, I think that's the beautiful thing is that you know, you're just such a tiny speck in this whole world and you have, se- we've already seen a lot, but that's not there's, there's so much, so much more. more.
1: There's so much more to learn. There's so much more music to listen to. There's so much more languages to hear. So much more ways Stories to say I love of, you, of goodbye. people to exactly. listen to. Say
0: thank you, hi, hello. I mean, now I've learned it in enough languages for everyday life and I just, I'm, it's exciting. It's exciting living in this globalized world wherein travel has been a lot cheaper than it was, you know, 10, 20 years ago, and we're, we're lucky to be here. No, we're we, really I, we're, we're,
1: we're really lucky, and I'm beyond words uh, can even en- encapsulate how I feel um, in terms of the growth that I've had. Moving 10,000 kilometers away from what was home. And, you know, in in certain respects, is still home. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Yeah, just just keeping it open to where we'll end up in... It's not just even Europe, it's the world. And you could never... Predict if there's going to be the next pandemic, if there's whatever's going to happen. And yeah. I, I hate to live life out of a suitcase, but it kind of is what it is right now. And therefore, if it has to be that, then yeah. let life take me where I have to Exactly.
1: Be. And you just go through it day by day, as they say. And that was in our experience. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to the NR Experience. Let us know what you think on our Instagram account at nr.experience. This
0: has been Nathaniel Regis, and we'll see you next time.